This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. From time to time, we're going to catch up with the people who have shared their story on the show. When we last caught up with Pierre Iza, otherwise known as Pepe Sayer, he'd lost 90% of his business and put a focus on retail and online sales to save his business. Now, on the eve of Aussie Artisan Week, he explains things are looking a little bit rosier. Pepe, how you going, mate? G'day, Hux. How are you? I'm good. How have things been travelling since we last caught up? It was some while ago. It feels like years. Yeah, it does. It does. I tell you what, every week feels like a month at the moment, It's uh, <laughs> which, which in a way it's good, in a way it's really bad because, you know, time's stretching, which is great. Uh, in our heads, anyway. But yeah, it's been it's been uh, challenging last four months, um, but a lot's a lot's been happening, and we've been very proactive about what we're doing and who we are. More importantly, coming back to, you know, coming coming back in touch with that, out of the rat race, and back to who we are and why we're doing what we're doing. Has the business changed much uh, following all of what happened, and I know you put a, more of a focus on retail and online originally, but you're back in the farmers markets now, and restaurants are open again. What, what's what's trade like for you at the moment? Yeah, it's it's totally changed. Uh, I guess the focus um, the focus for us from a risk point of view, because now it, it's it's that, isn't it? It's the the risk. Um, so so to explain myself a little bit better is Melbourne opened up, Sydney opened up. And then we geared up again to go into food service. So our, um, you know, getting all the stock down to Melbourne and then getting that cranking again. And then a week later, back into shutdown. It was another devastating hit. You know what I mean? Because then you've got that stock there, restaurants have put in orders, you know, big places are put in orders and then you're gearing up for it. You've geared up for it. You've started again. And then we had to take that stock, all of it back again. And what we made, we had to cancel. So that was, that was fairly devastating to have it happen to you twice. So the risk, the risk of that is just too high. So it, it sort of, again, cemented, um, the, the changes we were making to the business um, from the first hit, that they were the right, that was the right way to go. Um, so, yeah, a big, a big focus is on retail. A big focus is on online. We, we, we're growing that, like all our focus at the moment. Uh, every marketing cent, every, everything we're doing is online driven. Um, uh, so retail, obviously, we want to we continue with that. Uh, very strongly, you know, we're getting great support out there. Uh, and the restaurants that are open, are absolutely. I mean, some of our customers have been our customers for for up to 10 years since we started the business and we want to continue to support them and, and work with them and the rest and the cafes are still going. And obviously a big part of our business has been bakery, <clears throat> which has really, really gained momentum Um during COVID, I mean, some of the bakeries we supply to uh, are doing more than what they were doing before COVID. So that means our sales are going up. And this only transpired in the last two months. 
the farmers markets are all sort of running again as well, and that's that's a part of what you do, and including carriage works. What's what's the feeling at the farmers markets now that they're back on? Oh, incredible, incredible. So, uh, you know, like um, there was a once upon a time when we first started, we used to do like ten farmers markets on a weekend, wow. and now we're down to four. Right, so so we went from that market heavy to then pulling back. And then now we're like, no, 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 no. That's we believe in that. We've always believed in it. We need to go back to that model. Um, and now we we've taken on we we've taken on a, a new market, or they've taken us on, which is amazing. Uh, which is Warrywood out at the Northern Beaches. Uh, there's a few others coming up, uh, which I, I won't mention their names until they actually um, happen. But uh, and we're also at North Sydney, Orange Grove, um, Ramsgate, and um, Carriage Works just opened up last weekend, which I'm over the moon about because in the team everyone's allocated to a market, and I my allocation is Carriage Works every Saturday, so I'm so happy because I I had to I was doing a few of the other markets, but then I had to give them up again because the the, the team member that was doing them was losing out because I was free, so I had to give it back. So I I had my Saturdays to, you know, drink coffee and 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 uh, and relax. And who wants to do that? I want to be back at the markets. Well, you've also uh, invested uh, in a new pasteuriser um, for, for buttermilk. Yes. And have you expanded? Are you expanding into a more product range? Like will we ever see cheese or milk or other things from you? Yeah, look, uh, the, obviously the pasteurizer that we, we – it only got commissioned about two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago it, it came in and that's to give us better quality. So that's been on order for nearly a year and it and it just happened to arrive during COVID. So we've been waiting for it from, um, I believe, April and it only came two and a half weeks ago. So it was very delayed because of COVID. Um, so it put a delay on everything. And um, that that'll just give us a better quality of product. So that means we can our product we can control it a bit more. But absolutely, more products in dairy uh, from um, byproducts that we make. So, for example, buttermilk. Buttermilk's a big product for us. We we believe in it. We love it. We think people haven't really explored buttermilk very a lot because it's not available to them. It's very different to what you buy at a, a supermarket where the buttermilk's made from skim milk, skim milk powder and <clears throat> and um, and uh, culture. With ours, it's actually we churn the creme fraiche and the whey left over is called buttermilk and, and that's what we bottle up. So we have to treat it a certain way to give it, to give it the right flavours and so on. So uh, that's something we really want to explore uh, I think I think one thing we're working on now uh, is a buttermilk yogurt, which is really exciting that we've been working on. So you'll see some stuff come up from that. And our buttermilk, you'll see a lot more of our buttermilk out there available to people um, to try. It's really special. Like this stuff you can you can drink. Like you just drink it. It's amazing. But, I mean, obviously it's cultural in a way as well. So, you know, if you're from the... Uh, far northern hemisphere, you you know you you drink this for breakfast. Next week is Aussie Artisan Week. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, this is this is something that we've been sort of p- 
pondering and contemplating for for the whole existence of our business not the the actual name of the the week but how do you get people to um recognize that there's there's a, a whole food culture available outside of supermarkets you know the high street supports artisans the farmers market support artisans and now the time is right that artisans have started more online and trying to go direct with their customers. So we, we believe that it, the time was right now to, to try to shed some light on that, to say to people, hey, guys, you know, have you ever tried an apple that's just been picked from a tree that's available at Carriageworks, for example, or at North Sydney, where we buy apples from a supermarket that you, you don't know when they were picked or where they're from. But but these guys here, these artisan producers and sellers and farmers, you know, the, the stuff's fresh. And and the price, there's no price difference. You know, you know, there's not a there's not going to be a price difference between this product and that product. Except this guy you're supporting, you know, it, the the money's going directly to the farmer or the producer. Where when you buy it from a a big supermarket chain, it's going sometimes through three or four different hands. You've got distributors, you've got you've got the, the supermarkets themselves, the logistics, you've got all of that. Now, that also moves money around in, in the economy, uh, just like you would if you bought it direct from the person. But we're not saying don't shop at supermarkets. We're just saying, hey, for one week, we'd just like you to see that there's another food culture out there. There's another world uh, to explore in food and and support these guys because they're doing great things. And if we don't support them, especially in a time like this, we might lose them. Who are some of the producers that you could highlight that um, that do some pretty amazing things? Uh, Yarra Valley Caviar, Olsen Salt, Crumpets by Myrna, Linga Longa, Block 11, Karajong Organic, Organics, uh, even Peanut Butter from Chunky Dave's. I mean, Jesus, that stuff's incredible, <laughs> you know. Like, like try that and then try to go back to a, to a shelf-bought peanut butter from a supermarket. You, I, I can't. I can't do it. Uh, you you become addicted to it. So, you know, Country Valley Milk, you've, you've got so many, Pecora Dairy, uh, there's so many artisan producers out there. There's so many amazing cheeses. Uh, Bruni Island, look at Nick Haddock, you know, like that some of these people are doing amazing things and, and, and it's across the whole food and beverage industry. Now, what, why now is the right time? is not only are Australians more open to buying Australian, but a lot of these producers have lost their core incomes because most of them used to go into restaurants. So, so now they're going, oh, I no longer have the restaurant trade. I can't go into, uh, you know, like, for example, the ICC is closed, right? Tony Panetta is one of the biggest supporters of artisan produce in New South Wales. He's built his whole menu about it. We, we can't supply in there because it's, it's closed because of social distancing. So that's a lot of money being, being not made by, by uh, smaller farmers, smaller producers. And, and Tony goes direct to bakeries, direct to producers, direct to everybody you know, and 
um, and they pay a, pay a fair price for it and then everyone's sort of happy. There's no not a lot of middle people going on. So by losing that in the industry, uh, a lot of the, the farmers, producers, artisan um, produce makers, they, they've lost quite a – or not lost, just don't have that chunk of income they used to have. So I think by, by trying to shed light on that, it, it really is going to help um, if people take up that idea. How can people get involved and support some of these artisans? You sort of briefly mentioned that they had to pivot and switch because the restaurants had closed and they were looking at online platforms. But how can people get involved and really connect with the artisan producers? Local high street shops, fruit shops, delis, ask if it's Australian, who made it, jump online, Google. You can go onto our our social media account next week. We'll be pumped with local artisans and farmers telling people about different product. That's what we're going to do all week next week. Um, farmers markets are one of the best ways to meet them. Don't just go to one, go to many. You'll meet different artisans, different producers, uh, and try to buy from someone that's selling direct from their farm or direct from where they make it you know they've got their own stall and 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 believe it or not those stalls are, are like shops for them so that's their actual retail outlet of their own that they pay like you know between a hundred and 150 to 250 dollars to have a stall and then they sell their wares for the day um and and it's incredible that's what keeps them going you mentioned earlier that you've changed your business model to adapt to the current circumstances and moving forward. How, how do you see the restaurant industry and cafe industry and the food sector uh, in the next couple of years um, after what we've been through? Well, I, to, to be blunt and, and straight up about it, I see it as a horrible situation uh, for all the restaurateurs and, and cafe owners and, and function centres. Um, by, by what they're saying now is that we're going to be in this for a very long time. They're going to need a lot of support, a lot of support. And those that have pivoted or, you know, transformed their business to more an uh, at-home experience or offering a balance of, say, everything they can, a bit of takeaway, a bit of online, a bit of, you know, uh, home delivery are going to do really, really well. Now, we, we have to find a way... For, for us as a to, to, to fit in with their needs, to change our products, to suit them price-wise, everything, size, everything, to, to, to try to fit into that at-home experience because a shutdown, as we're seeing now, a, shut, a shutdown in any area, in any location, in any restaurant can happen overnight. Uh, for example, um, in Alexandria the other night or Erskineville, they had someone doing a, uh, a pub crawl. He went to seven pubs. And if you went to Alexandria the day after that, everything was dead. Everything was open, but no one was out. So those businesses suffer every time someone does that or every time that happens. Um, so it's, it's, it's bleak, if, if I can say that word. It's very bleak. And they're going to need a lot of support. And, I, and I'm reading a lot about it and they're pushing government and, but they've got to push people to, you know, you know what, don't go out, eat at home, but we'll make it for you. Like the, it's got to move to that model. It's got to, you know, um, I feel comfortable when I, when I go into a cafe and they're wearing masks, for example, 
and the cafes that don't wear masks, I feel a little bit, oh, why aren't they wearing masks? You know, so so we're all aware of that because I catch something, I come into my business, my business is affected. It's that domino effect that's happening. A little earlier you were talking about the pasteurizer that you have and the buttermilk and, um, you know, it's so good you can drink it. Um, what do you use buttermilk for? I know that you're so passionate about buttermilk. What it is? What is it about buttermilk? Oh, I think it's it's capturing. So when we make that, when we ferment the cream um, to to make the creme fraiche that we churn into butter, the the cream is fermented and then the the cream drops down to a pH of four point three. Now, when we churn the butter. The butter's at a pH of 5.5, but the buttermilk is at a pH of 3.8, making it really acidic. And and that reacts really well with, you know, when you're making pancakes, um, you get a real nice bubbly sort of mix from it. It reacts really well. Um, but also it's one of the best things to marinate with. So if you're marinating chicken, it can turn mutton into lamb. You know what I mean? Uh, it's so acidic. It, it's really, really beautiful. So for me, I use it in my cooking. Uh, I've seen other people use it in uh, salad dressing. I, I've seen people drink it straight up and they love it. Uh, but but it's, it's, it's just such a natural product and we do nothing to it. So out of the churn into the carton. So the, the uh, because we pasteurize our cream, before we we add in the culture to it uh, because by law we have to do that so so after it's been cultured the the creme fraiche and we churn it we we just bottle the buttermilk and it's just sublime you know as a product we we really think it's uh, it's something we want people to use and we already sell it now but we only sell it you you can only buy this product if you're a chef or 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 a a cafe, like a food service customer. Uh, but the only other place you can buy it is directly from us uh, on our website and, and at our stalls. And I'd like to see it go further. Um, I mean, we're, we're limited by how much we have. We only have like, you know, a few thousand litres of it a week. But And we can't make it. It's not something we can actually make. It's a byproduct. So like someone like, uh, for example, soda bread. Paddy the baker makes all his soda bread from our buttermilk. So he comes here twice a week and picks it up. And he picks up like, you know, two 2,000 litres a week of the stuff and, and he just loves it. it. It's amazing, his soda bread. Like he's at a lot of the markets. He's another artisan people should try. That bread is superb. And he makes a buttermilk scone. Wow. That's to die for. Now, Pepe, your dairy farmer, John Fairley from Country Valley Milk, Calls yes. you one of the greatest latte sippers in the country. <laughs> do you see a moment? <laughs> do you see a moment where you'll be sipping a latte with Pepe Sayamil? Oh yes, but wouldn't John have a beanie's bonnet about that? Oh my God, could you imagine? Could you imagine the conversation I'm going to have with John? Oh look, John. Um, yeah, we've we've got a bit of extra capacity here. We're thinking of putting out a milk. What What do you reckon, John? Um, <laughs> Yeah, can you give us the milk so we can bottle it ourselves? You know, you know. Oh my God, the guy, you know, the guy. Just at the thought, we got a pasteurizer. The guy had a had a bit of a hissy fit. I hope this is being recorded and John will hear this. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, 
Pepe, how how are you going to celebrate Aussie Artisan Week next week? Well, I'm going to I'm going to buy a lot of stuff from from the farmers markets. I, I do my shopping there anyway most most weekends, and and I also support my high street. Um, I'm going to celebrate by telling everyone I can about um, all the beautiful producers I know personally on my feed next week. So make sure you look out for that. Awesome. Well, I think everyone should do that. And um, supporting um, local artisans, Australian artisans is more important than ever, as you say. Um, always awesome to catch up, mate. And um, appreciate appreciate your sense of humour with the uh, Pepe Sayer milk. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll catch up soon. All right, Hugs. Thanks for having me. Cheers. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of Australia's hospo community, suppliers and producers in search of hope during this pandemic. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well. <laughs>